All right, we are going to do a little survey today. This is something I saw online this week. I don't know if you've seen it, but um, it's all about how you write your ex, like not like ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, like the letter X, like how you write the letter X. So go ahead and get this on here. So what the colored line is, is the very first mark that you make. And then the second one is, is the second direction you make. So think about this. Like I actually had to think through like a word like tax and, and air write it to think of how I actually write the letter X. But, but, but think about that for a second. How do you write the letter X. Do you guys have a number that you see up there that you're like, that's how I write X? You guys all? Okay. All right. Anybody number one? Anybody number two? Okay. Number three? Four? Five? Okay. Six? Seven? Yes. And eight. Yeah. That's what online, um, typically it's like between seven and eight. I'm a number five, so I am special. I... Uh, <laughs> I did not realize, like, I didn't even think about it. You know, like, I, w- I was doing it, and then I realized, okay, I go here and then here. And then I look online, and everybody else is seven and eight. And I'm like, what? In the-? I didn't even know there was different ways to write the letter X. Um, it made me think, man, there are probably so many things that you do in life that you don't really think about how you do them or why you do them a certain way. Today, we're in our series called All Access, which is all about prayer. And uh, I think the majority of time that we pray, sometimes we, we, we just pray and we don't really think about what it means about us or how we pray. I believe that our prayers reveal the condition of our hearts. But it's kind of tricky because I believe that the only way that our hearts can truly change is through our prayers. And so we think, oh man, how, how does that work? Our prayers reveal the condition of our hearts, but our prayers also affect the condition of our hearts. So I I believe that it's extremely important to figure out, okay, what do our prayers say about our hearts, about what we believe, about what we love, about our passions and, and all these things? What does it truly say about that? And then how can our prayer life change the condition of our heart? What should we truly be praying? Matthew 12, 33 through 35, this is what Jesus said. He said, a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What some translations say is that um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I believe that that our prayers are one of the best uh, ways that we can diagnose what's going on in our heart. Whatever we pray or the lack of prayer in our lives can show the condition of our heart. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I believe we can say out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth prays. How we pray, what we pray about, how often we pray. All these things can all help us see the condition of our hearts. It's kind of like um, I really wanted a, a truck. I still want a truck, but there was a time where I couldn't like, afford to like, go out and, and just buy like, a, a decent truck. So I tried to find these 
you know, ways around it of like Craigslist, that didn't work. And then there was another one where my dad knew this guy that had his company and they had these trucks that would fail the missions and they'd sell them for really cheap. So on the outside, it looked pretty good. I was like, this is a great deal. Um, so I buy this truck for really cheap and the guy's like, hey, it's failed emissions. So just know that. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can do it. I know nothing about cars, but I'm going to resurrect this thing from the dead. And I get this truck. It looks great. And I'm driving it. And, and it sounded like a dolphin being uh, murdered. It was like, <laughs> like every time I would drive, I looked real cool. And like literally I'd be in downtown Leesburg and people are like looking over like, what is going on with this truck? And uh, what it did is it actually, um, finally I had a guy that was able to diagnose it and, and there was exhaust manifolds that were, that were leaking, which that's what I thought ahead of time. I thought, I think it's, I just need a second opinion. I need to get the, but no, um, this guy told me, hey, it's the exhaust manifolds, they're leaking. So um, he fixed them and, and it started uh, it took away the sound. And, and the thing that it showed me is that something from the outside can look great, but th- the sound of it showed that there's something internally that needs to be changed. And so I think with our prayers, when we truly look at how we pray, what we pray, how often we pray, what it does is it shows us, hey, is there something inside, something with our hearts that isn't quite lining up with how God wants our lives to be? What changes should we aim for in our prayer lives? Because if we're all honest and if we all take a true diagnosis of our prayers and our hearts, there are all things that, ways that we're, 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 we're not fully going after what God has for us. So I want to take a look at three things. And um, it kind of shows prayers that, that sometimes we can pray and then how we want those prayers to change. So the very first thing is, is prayers in light of the visible, and we want that to change to prayers in light of the eternal. Prayers in light of the visible to prayers in light of the eternal. Luke 12, 29-34 um, says this, And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. So the question I want to ask you today is, if God were to answer your prayers, would it change eternity? If God were to answer your prayers, the prayers that you prayed this last week, would it make a change in eternity? Or, if you're a lot like myself most of the time, it would most likely just make your life easier. See, the majority of prayers that we pray are things that just simply make our lives easier. And and what Jesus is saying here is, seek first the kingdom of God saying the level of our prayers, we as believers can, can have a, a different level to our prayers, different level to our thoughts, because we see the big picture, which is eternity, which is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead so that we don't need to just focus on the 80 years or whatever it is that you have here on this earth, but we get to focus on eternity, 
And I believe our prayers can diagnose our hearts as to where we're focused on. So many times we just focus on this life, the here and the now. And God cares about everything, so absolutely put everything in front of him. But the, for, if you look at all of your prayers, if God answered all, every single one of them, would it change eternity? Um, last week, uh, I don't know if you guys watched any of the football games, but man, they were good. There were some good ones. And there was this kind of inner conflict that I had about Tom Brady uh, because I can't stand how good he is. I can't stand the Patriots. I was actually cheering for them because I, I really can't stand the Chiefs. But Tom Brady, he's this, this, this guy that's like, it just drives you nuts because he's, for the longest time, I'm like, he is not the greatest of all time. He's not. He's not. And I fought it for the longest time. And last week, something in me flipped where I'm like, he's the GOAT. I can't deny it. Like he just, you give him the ball. And if he has a chance, he is going to win the game. Like it's insane. Like it's just kudos to him. Um, but I, I read this article this last week of Brandon Spikes, who's a linebacker for the Patriot. And this was back in, I think, 2011. And um, in the locker room, Brandon Spikes had had a really good season, and he didn't get voted to the Pro Bowl. So you've got this, this NFL player literally in tears because he wanted to make the Pro Bowl so bad because he had a good year. He'd worked so hard. And he said the majority of his teammates came up to him, and, Brandon, man, we're so sorry. Um, you know, hey, keep your head up, all this stuff. And Tom Brady came up to him, and, um, and Tom Brady said, you think I play this word I can't say to go to Pro Bowls? Get it together. Get your head up. We're trying to win games. That's what it is here. And Brandon Spike said, that's where I knew what kind of environment I was in, how blessed I was. Because Tom Brady operates on a level that's like, I don't give a rip about the Pro Bowls. I'm playing for rings. Pro Bowls is down here. Rings are up here. We're playing for Super Bowls. And that's the culture, that's, that's, that's what we're focused on. And I thought, I'm like, man, that's amazing. That's why he's at the level that he is. And it made me think of our prayer lives because how often do we have Pro Bowl level prayers? Where it's about the, the, how, how much people like us or how easy life is or how, you know, all these little things, yet there is an eternity of souls at stake. There is, there is a, a will of God, a, a level that our prayers can be at, that when we truly focus on all that God did, our focus changes so much. As believers, we get a vision that is so much higher than just the day-to-day. Just like it says in that, um, that passage, it says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But we see as believers that we don't need to be consumed in the day-to-day Yes, bring those things to God, but let's have prayers that are so much bigger that says, you know what, we have a God who is the author of all eternity. Let's have those sorts of prayers. You know, um, in the Bible, there was, there was all this conflict in Israel in the Old Testament because Israel was split between the northern and southern kingdom. And Isaiah, who is a prophet, um, he says this in, in uh, chapter 49. And this is as if God was speaking. It says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob, meaning northern and southern kingdom, and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light 
for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. What he's saying is, hey, listen, to just think that your job is just to, with, with northern and southern kingdom, just to bring Israel together, that's too small. You're thinking too small. Think the entire universe. Think, think, think all of creation. Think everybody. How God wants to restore every person into relationship with him. And so let's think of our prayers as, do we just focus on our current day-to-day, um, just what goes on in our lives, or are we focused on the kingdom, the much bigger picture? I believe that the magnitude of our prayers can really um, show the level of, of um, focus that we have on just not the here and the now. Start praying for the kingdom as a whole, that God's order would be brought back to earth in your actions. Be praying for families to become whole. Be praying for lives to be saved, for God to be glorified, for, for order in our community. Be praying for those things. And yes, bring to God the things that are the day-to-day, the, the, the irritabilities, the things that are difficult and the ways life could be easier. But let's not lose focus. Let's not just have prayers about the Pro Bowl. Let's have prayers about the Super Bowl. You know, let's have those level of prayers of, God, I know you've got something great that you want to do, and I want to be a part of that. So let's focus on that. The second is that um, we have prayers where Jesus is the treasure map, and we want that to move to where Jesus is the treasure. Andy Minio has a song called Friends, and he says, um, hey, now you only call me when you need something. When you want a little free something, that's not what friends do. And he goes on, he says, when's the last time you think about me? Probably the last time the drink's on me. Like basically saying, hey, true friends don't just call people when they need something. They don't just say, oh, I, w- I want something for free. Okay, now I'm going to talk to them. It reminds me of this time that um, me and a, a friend had gone to this, um, it's called Warp Tour. It's like where all these punk bands all come together. And um, if, you, if you were there, you'd be like, Wow, cool, Brody. Um, but there was all these bands, and we thought it was like really cool. And um, this security guard had just come up to me, my friend, randomly in the middle of the day, and was like, "Hey, do you guys want to get up on stage for this one band that was really popular?" And I'm like, "Yeah." So um, he's like, "All right, just when when this one band plays, you come up, and I'm just gonna bring you backstage, and then get you up on to where you can view it from the stage." Like, okay. And so we go up, and the security guard kind of like stops us. And this other security guard is back there. He's like, no, that was me. Come on back. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So we go back there and, and um, they bring us up on stage before this band plays. And my phone starts to blow up because there's all these people out there that see me that's like, you know, kind of like up on the stage. And these people I haven't talked to like ever get my phone number somehow and like, it's like, it's like, yo, get me up there. How can I get up there? What the world? Like, are you related to these guys? Like, um, and this one guy's like, yo, bro, it's uh, my, my girlfriend. Like, it was her birthday last week. It'd mean the world to her if you can get me up there. Like, it's like, dude, I haven't talked to you in years. Like, all of a sudden, like, I'm like your best friend. And it's funny because like, it, it was this thing where these people typically wouldn't just text me and be like, hey, how's your life going? How are things going? It was like, oh, he's up there. I need him to get me up there. So now I'm going to talk to him. And a lot of times what happens is, is in our prayer lives, we treat God like that, where we, we don't talk to him regularly. Man, but then there's a financial crisis. We need something. 
There, there, there's some, some sort of thing that we need. So then we go to God. And we say, hey, God, how's it going? What's going on, bro? Can you, you know, hook me up? Can you get me up there? You know, that's what we do. Like, hey, God, how's it going? I need this. This is what I need. And, and we treat God like the treasure map, as if he is some sort of vehicle just to get us to the life that we want. We even treat heaven like that. That all Jesus is good to us is just him getting us into heaven. He's the treasure map to get us to the place we want to go. He's just the means to get to eternal security. Luke 12, 33-34, it says, Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. This is a part I really want you to latch on to. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. I want to ask you, where is your treasure today? Where is your treasure? What is the absolute most important thing in your life right now? Where are your priorities? What sort of prayers are you praying when it comes to God? What's, how, what's the... How often do you pray? What, what, what are the times that you go to God? And what is the, the do you, are you treating Jesus as the treasure map? Or is he the treasure, the absolute most important thing in your life? John Piper said this, God is most glorified in you when you are most satisfied in him. So I want to ask you, do your prayers focus on your possessions or your Christ-likeness? Are they more about your circumstances or your character? Is Jesus the treasure map or is he the treasure? You know, like I said with heaven, you know, a lot of times growing up, you think, man, what, what, what am I so excited about heaven? And it's like, oh, there's going to be streets of gold. There's going to be, you know, my, my thing's always food. Like, oh, there's going to be a spread, you know. Um, there's all different, <laughs> that's my treasure. Um, there's all different things that we focus on when it comes to heaven. But I want to ask you, like, if, if Jesus was not there and you still got all this stuff, no sickness, no tears, no shame, friends, the food, the house, all of that, and that's given to you and that's guaranteed to you, but Jesus was not going to be there, is heaven still a place that you would want to be? Is heaven still a place that you would want to be if you know you know what, I get all this stuff, I get all the whatever comes with it, but, but Jesus isn't going to be there. Would you still want to be there? It's kind of like my wedding day, you know. I, I always think about like, man, it was an awesome day. Decorations, people, friends. Kevin Hale, who a lot of you guys know, he did this like smoked pulled pork. It was amazing. Like it just, heaven's aroma just around the property. But if I got to that day and Amber didn't show up, would I be like, man, this pulled pork is real good. <laughs> my, my friends are here. Like, it doesn't, no. I would be like, wait, Amber's not here? There's no point for all of this. All of this is for her so I can be with her. And that's the thing with heaven is that there is no point for all of it. Unless, unless we are so focused on the fact that we get to be with Jesus. And that's it. That's the purpose of your life. 
is relationship with Jesus. Yet we focus on the pulled pork and the decorations and all that stuff. And we settle and we say, you know what? Like, I want to have a great relationship with God. I don't talk to him that much. But as long as I'm getting this stuff, then I'm good. And we've missed it. You know, I, I think of the, when you boil down the gospel to the most simple thing, it's the fact that God, a perfect God, created us. We sinned. We're separated from him and he sent Jesus to stand in our place so we could be with him, so we could have a relationship with him. And when we think about that, when we boil it down to that, like that life is just all about that, a lot of the other stuff just, it starts to just shrink. And you realize, man, the most important thing is me being with Jesus. We'll be in the presence of Jesus himself. And so with our prayers, I think, a lot of times it shows up in my heart where Jesus is the treasure map. He's the one that gets me to the things that I want instead of him being what I want, him being my treasure. And then the last thing, <clears throat> prayers of I need this from you to prayers of I need to just be with you. John 15, one through five says this. He says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. And check this out. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And I'll go back to that, that part where it says remain in me. But a lot of times what we do is when we pray, we go to God and we say, okay, God, here's my plans. Here's my agenda. Here's my five-year goals, 10-year goals. Here's all the things I'm going to do for you. Here's how I'm going to serve. Here's how I'm going to be as a dad. Here's how I'm going to be as a husband, as a wife, as a mom, as a friend. Here's my, how I'm going to be in, in work, at school. These are all my goals, God. Here you go. Make it happen. And I want to ask you, do your prayers focus on your agenda or the presence of Jesus? Do your prayers focus on your agenda or the presence of Jesus? Imagine if you're dating somebody, you're married to somebody, and every time you're just sitting with them, you just constantly give them your, you know, your honeydews. Or like, hey, this is, you know, these are all the things I want you to do. These are all the things I need from you. It, you would be like, listen, can we just sit? Can I just be with you? Can we just have a date where we don't have to talk about the budget or the things that need to happen around the house or all those things? Yes, those things need to get done and we will have those conversations. But like at the heart of it, can I just, can I just be with you? And I think a lot of times we act like we're too busy for God. In our prayer life, it's like, oh, this is great. I can have a few minutes where I give all these things to God and just kind of give it to him and then I go about my day. And God's sitting here saying, listen, I gave up everything. I gave my son so I could just be with you. So that you could be in my presence. And he's saying, man, can I just be with you? Can you not just give me your agenda, but can you just be with me? We say, God, I got to get going. I have plans, places to go, things to do, things to do for you, God. And we get so busy 
We give them our plans, our agendas. Say, all right, here you go, God. They, um, I recently heard this story of this guy named uh, Leslie Newbegin. He was an English theologian. I heard this story about him where, where he said that, um, you know, growing up, they would kind of have prayer times. There'd be, you know, kind of an altar up front and, and these different things. And so he said, man, I'm, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to kind of impress God. So he gets this sheet of paper and he writes down on this thing all the things he's going to do for God, all the things he's going to say no to, all the, all the ways he's going to sacrifice for God. He writes these things down. And, and he comes up to the altar and he kind of puts it in front of God and kind of steps back like, there you go. And um, it says that he, he, he kind of fell flat. It, it, didn't, it didn't, you know, and the one guy telling us says, this is my king I will do for you. And he steps back. He doesn't have this feeling of, of what he thought it would be. So he gets the list back. And he adds more stuff. Okay, I'm going to sacrifice even more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like even bigger and bigger and bigger of what he's going to do for God and things he's not going to do because he loves God. He said, okay, here it is. And he puts it down and steps back. All right, God, this is what I'm going to do for you. Thinking he's going to feel some sort of something. And then it dawned on him. It's like as if God spoke to him. He takes the piece of paper off. He just puts a blank sheet of paper. Just puts it down. And just says, God, write anything. Write anything. Anything you want. I think every time we go into prayer, we need to have a blank page where we say, you know what, God, whatever you want with my life, I will do it. Here you go. Just, I'm not going to just give you my agenda. I'm not going to use you to get the things that I want. I'm just going to be with you. And whatever you tell me to do, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do it. But what has to happen is that we have got to learn how to just be with God. A lot of times we have good prayers. If I want to be a good dad, good husband, good coworker, provide for my family, I want to be a good wife, I want to be a good mom, I want to be a good friend, good student, good, all these things, and then give that to God and say, you know what, this is what I want, God, make it happen. God's saying, listen, I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. And the crazy thing is that the presence of Jesus is what actually makes us into the kind of people God wants us to be. So you want to be a good dad. You want to be a good husband. You want to be a good mom. You want to be a good wife. You want to be a good coworker. You want to be a good student. You want to be all these things. God's saying, listen, none of that can happen outside of the presence of me. Just being with Jesus is what changes you. You know, when, when you just get to be with God, be around his heart, that's what gives you the heart and the passion to join Jesus in his mission. You know, that, um, that passage we read earlier where it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Other translations use the word abide. And I'll go ahead and get the band to come on out here as we wrap up. <clears throat> but it says to abide. What does that word mean, to abide? The, um, 
a way to do things sometimes is when you see a word in the Bible, you know, in the New Testament, it was written in Greek. And so you kind of look and you see, what are some of the other verses where this word was used? And this word abide or, or remain in, you know, you look and a lot of it was, was about, um, you know, the disciples going into other people's houses and staying in the house. But one that really kind of stuck out to me was Luke 19.5. And it's the story of Jack- Zacchaeus. And he says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down. I must be a guest at your home today. And that part, I must be a guest, is the word abide. So when you look at it like that, Jesus saying, listen, Zacchaeus, I want to go to your home. I want to hang out with you. I want to sit down at a table and and eat with you and have a conversation with you. And here Zacchaeus is, the worst of the worst in his day, this tax collector. And Jesus is saying, hey, come on down. I want to abide. I want to be with you. I want to share a meal with you. I want you to picture Jesus here today saying to you, not just this group, but to you as an individual, I want to be with you today. I don't want you just to believe in me or sing songs about me or to learn about me. I want you to be with me. You might say, oh man, Brody, I get that for you, but you have no clue what I've done. I promise you, no matter where you are in life, what your past is, things that you've done, where your current situation is, just like Zacchaeus, Jesus is looking at you and saying, come on down. I want to be with you. I want to be with you. So we're going to sing a song here. And what's going to happen is it's going to be a little different. You're going to stay seated. We're going to have the lights come down. The focus isn't going to be on the band or who's singing. There's just going to be one light over on a stool over there. I just want you to picture just Jesus. Just Jesus. And think through, what, where's my heart at? Have I been trying to use God as a treasure map? Have I been just throwing my agenda at him? Have I had just these, these, you know, prayers that are just in the visible and the tangible? Or have I been focusing on eternity? Is Jesus my treasure? Do I just want to be with Jesus? Because I promise you, he is here right now and he just wants to be with you. And so when we, sing, when we sing this song, just feel free. Just, it's just you and God. You do whatever you need to do, but just my prayer is just that you would focus on just him, that you would just be with him. So let's have the band sing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
God as if you were Christ because Christ stood before God as if he were you and uh, as we talk about this the number one thing that you need to have this sort of prayer life this sort of heart is a relationship with Jesus and just like it says there that you can come before God with the boldness of, of Christ because Christ stood before God in your place with your sin with your mess with your failures with your fears with everything so if you're in here and you you may believe in a God you may have questions about God you may I don't know where you are but I want you to know that here in this moment you have an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus because he stood in your place. And it's simply to receive that, that gift of salvation, to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm taking you standing in my place. And standing with all of my sins, all of my failures. And in place, I'm, I'm receiving that relationship with you. Just like I said earlier, the greatest part about it is not heaven or blessings or whatever, it is just Jesus to be with your creator for all of time so if that's you we're going to pray here and i just want you 
in your own words, just to tell God, you know what? I want to follow you. I want to be with you. I'm accepting your death in my place. I'm receiving that relationship with you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we love you so much. God, I'm so sorry for the times that I've focused on things that are so much smaller than you. God, I thank you that you care for every little thing that we go through. God, I pray that my prayer and my heart wouldn't just be focused on my own circumstances and making my life easier, but God, be focused on you being glorified, you being everything in my life. God, I pray that for every person in here that you would be everything to them. That they would know that right here in this moment, you love them so much. And even though they may not have gotten it right before, right here in this moment, you want to be with them. If you're sitting here and just like I said earlier, you say, you know what, I might believe in a God, I might not, I, but... but you know that you need a relationship with Jesus. You've come to that point where you realize, you know what, Jesus, God is real and I need a relationship with him. If that's you and you're not sure what you want to say, you just pray this with me. It's not magic words. It's the belief in your heart to just say, Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I want you to be my everything. I'm so sorry for how I've messed up, how I've sinned, the hurt that I've caused you and other people. God, I want to turn my life around through your power to follow you. I just want to be with you. Jesus, we love you. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.